Hi, I'm Todd with the Craft Beer Connoisseurs, and before this episode begins, I just wanted to provide you with a little information on who we are and how you can stay updated on all of our content. This podcast was created to showcase craft breweries and indulge in interesting conversations. We want to help promote a variety of breweries and along the way have conversations ranging from sports to beer and beer to just about anything. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untapped, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also, drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Tyler. I'm Brett. And I'm Chris. And along with us today is producer Bruno. Today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Waterloo Brewing from Kitchener, Ontario. We'll be showcasing two of their beers today. The first is Waterloo Amber, and the second is the Salted Caramel Porter. And then we're going to wrap up the episode with a conversation on green energy. Waterloo Brewery is located in Kitchener, Ontario. But yet it's called Waterloo Brewery. I didn't make the name. Okay, okay. Chris, okay. I'm sorry. It's just interesting. Fair enough. Uh, it's owned by the Waterloo Brewing Company, and they are actually on the TSX, so the Toronto Stock Exchange. So if you're looking to buy some stocks, maybe take a look. Yeah, Always it, invest in beer. If you wanted to ever own a brewery, you can. You can. Yeah. With a little less overhead. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> the Waterloo is reportedly uh, the largest Canadian-owned brewery in the province, and it was Ontario's first modern craft brewery. Um, and then also, of course, Waterloo has a tap room located at the brewery uh, with a heated patio. So we know the, the weather's getting cooler. So if you want to sit outside, heated patio, very nice. For sure. It is getting a little bit chilly out there. It just opened in September, so it is uh, rather new, but it is a nice space from what, I, from what I've seen. Oh, 100%. I've been there a couple times. Uh, when you walk in, uh, the right side is just the beer store. Pick up, grab and go, nice, quick and simple. Yeah. To your left is an actual restaurant. Uh, great food. I remember I had some nachos there last time. Okay. Mm. And I'm a big nacho guy, just saying. <laughs> uh, but you walk in, uh, nice rustic uh, look. Usually you have uh, their tap list uh, behind the bar. They're going to have their, all their staples on tap and usually seasonals that are actually just available at the brewery. You're not going to be able to get them anywhere else. For sure. So I've never been. Chris, have you been? I haven't, no. So Fife, you've been there a couple times? Sometimes, yeah, twice. I would say, yeah, twice. And you went to pick up the beers for this episode. I did, yes. And how was that experience? Uh, quite enjoyable. I didn't get to meet, uh, we were in communication with uh, Juan and Rachel. Right. Didn't get to meet them, unfortunately. Shout out to him, by the way. Thanks yep. for providing the beers today. Uh, but it was simple and easy. Like, there was no line. They have all their markings for COVID-19 currently. Yep. Uh, and they always are in stock of everything. They're never out of a specific beer. Right. Yeah, and and I know our producer Bruno says that he was he's been to the top room, or been to the brewery before the tap room opened as well, um, but I like the fact that they include um, beers on tap that they don't can right because right. you know it, it's really good to to get to a brewery and have that in brewery experience. So if you can get there and have beers that you can't get anywhere else, I think that's an, an awesome thing. I am a huge sucker for being able to go to a, a brewery and just being able to get exclusive ones yeah. that they've, you know, small batch, 20 liter, 30 liter, whatever ones, you're, you know, you're only going to have it once and you're done. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a pull for them, right? Doing the small batch kind of new beers, have them come in IPA, sours, whatever seasonal. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of nice. It keeps people coming. It keeps people going and, and cycle through, right? Absolutely. Which, which is good for them. Um, now, the tap room, was that just opened up? Last September, the the outdoor there. Yes. Okay. Good. good. Um, they did a huge. I don't know how much money they sunk into it, but they did a huge renovation of it all. I remember that because uh, they promoted it really hard on social media in terms of trying to get as many people in as possible. Yeah. Um, but what they've done with the place is absolutely, quote unquote, fantastic. Mm, nice. <laughs> I like what you did there. Personally, I like what he did there. Yeah, I like that. Well, I I think we'll definitely have to make a trip there, Tyler, you and I, because uh, we haven't been there. So we won't take Fife or Brett, if you will. No, well, or, or or Bruno. Sorry, yeah, Bruno can hang back. It, it's it's uh the the brew house. Uh, judging by pictures, because I haven't been there, um, is one of the greenest breweries in North America. So I don't know if you saw any of the equipment that they had. I uh, wasn't able to get access to any equipment. Right. Um, you could see a little bit behind a glass window, but they're obviously you weren't able to walk through it. Like walk that. through and, sh- and check it out. Okay. Yeah. So producer Bruno, like we mentioned, um, he was there before the new top room opened, and he said they used to do six dollar growler fills on Wednesdays. Six dollars for a growler—that is Talk amazing. Talk about a steal! What a deal! Hump day. And then. Uh, they also did, they moved on to $8 growler fills on Mondays more recently, which, you know, a little bit more, but $8 for a growler, that is still now yeah, I'm great value. I would have gone on a Wednesday more when Monday. I was there. Right. Right. Why did I go on a Sunday? Should have went on a Wednesday. <laughs> so, so speaking of uh, going back to their, their small batch new beers, they had the Pinky Promise. So does anybody know about the Pinky Promise? I have seen it on their socials. I actually believe it's where you connect one pinky with another mm-hmm. and you make a promise with oh. another person not to break it. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's that. <laughs> um, it, it was on tap there for a bit. Uh, but they, they do have uh, the, the growler unit similar to Toboggan. So very interesting Toboggan here in, in London, Ontario. Yeah, and I, I think we should mention that um, as a, in addition to beers, uh, Waterloo also makes really, really good Rattlers. Um, right. Strawberry rhubarb. Yeah. And, yeah. And, fantastic. and I know, you know, we kind of think of untapped as like a beer only app, but, um, they certainly have the Rattlers on there. So if you want to, you know, get on, get one of their raspberry or grapefruit, pineapple Rattlers, like they're awesome. They are. Easy drinking, good for the summertime. I know we're uh, getting a little bit colder here, and good for fall time too. Good, good for, for any time. time. Any time. It really doesn't any, matter. Anytime you're thirsty, yeah, it is, that, that's true. I mean, I, I enjoy them in the summertime a little bit more so, but uh, it is a little bit colder. The the leaves are on the ground, but I would still enjoy a nice grapefruit. It's, it's really good if you have you know a wife, a girlfriend, uh, somebody you just met online, a fiance, a fiance, whatever. Um, <laughs> if they're not really a beer drinker, get them one of the Rattlers. They have a low ABV. Mm-hmm. See how I did that? A B V. Didn't yeah. screw that up. That, right? that was very good. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I love how I love how Brett is pointing out everybody else's flaws. Right. That they 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 had that. But yet they, we're they, we're yeah. not. It's because yeah. I have yeah. so many flaws. Oh, okay. That I need to take my turn to pick at least one flaw from each person. Okay. Oh, we appreciate that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. Anywho, uh, I do understand that uh, they've been around since 1984. Uh, they have this big tagline of "Pour the bore." Pour the bore. Mm-hmm. And. Let me say, their beers pour excellent. Yes, and I, I, I'm sure most of our listeners have seen their logo, uh, especially if you're following us on Instagram. Um, but you can understand why they're why why that's their slogan because the boar logo. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I was just, I was just. There's another flaw right there. <laughs> You're all freaking silent. I was waiting for you to continue on, but no. Um, I want to kind of touch base on the greenest breweries. It is important. It's yeah. going to be our thematic conversation later on. Yeah, you on. did mention that. So one, they yeah. they have actually changed out as we talked about some of their equipment when they were doing renovations. Brett was saying uh, they went to 48 percent less water, 32 percent less electricity, and 52 percent less thermal energy than the previous generational um, equipment. Uh, so that I think is kind of fantastic that they've moved into greener kind of mm-hmm. uh, equipment, and they've also yeah. reduced uh, wastewater by eighty percent, which is a wow. massive, that, massive that's a lot, yeah. for sure. That's that's huge. So we are going to have one of the growlers uh, that we're going to post a picture on Instagram, so that way people have an idea of what the pour the bore looks like, yeah. what the growlers are. When we speak of being greener too, uh, with the growler use, instead of just getting cans all the time, get a growler. It's true. Use it. Clean it, clean it, clean it, take it back, and then get it filled up. Get your $8 fills. Yeah. I don't know if they're still doing that, though. True. Well, hopefully they bring that back. And it, yeah, if they don't they have bring it, that back, I am the first person in line. <laughs> I might run down on a Wednesday because, you know, $8 is great on a Monday. $6 is better on a Wednesday. That's true. I think we've literally just convinced them to bring it back. Right. If, yeah. I if, think we've done something. Right. And speaking of them, we're going to link all their information on our social media pages today. Uh, again, follow us on, on tap, Craft Beer Connoisseurs, Instagram, Craft Beer Cons. And I think maybe it's time to pour the bore on the first beer. Yeah, let's uh, take a look at the first beer. Let's do it. So first of all, as Brett mentioned, we want to thank Waterloo Brewing and Juan and Rachel over there at Waterloo for supplying the beers on today's episode. Uh, so the first beer, like we mentioned, we're going to open is called Waterloo Amber, and it has a 6.8 ABV and 22 IBU. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, so this beer, actually, it's uh, roasted with rye malt, and it's got a special distiller's malt that gives it the amber. It's kind of like a whiskey color. Yeah. And hopefully we see that when we open it up. For sure. sure. It's got a hull or two uh, um, hops. That's an interesting hop. Uh, yeah, that's a... And hmm. slow aging with uh, northern white oak, uh, which gives it kind of a rich flavor. So that's what they claim it to be. So let's hope that's what it has. For now, sure. if you're looking to have some food with the amber... Which I know uh, you always As are. you Man, do. I have not missed a meal since 1992, let me tell you. It is. <laughs> um... Anyway, so you want to pair it with something that's smoky barbecue, rich cheeses, uh, maybe some homemade chowder, okay. like a Boston. I'm just trying to put a Boston accent yeah, on there. Yeah. Sure, Go yep. Patriots. Okay. Um, or pair, <laughs> they all pair it nicely. Or maybe if you simply crave a bacon double cheeseburger with fried onions. Okay. Uh, mm. And those pairings were provided by the White Rabbit Restaurant uh, located in Waterloo. Nice. So uh, on Untapped, you can follow us at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. And so for the Waterloo Amber... On untapped, it has 3.32 bottle caps out of five and a total of about 5,200 check-ins. Perfect. All right, so let's open her up. Oh, yes. No better, there's no better sound than that, eh? No, that's no. what you said episode one. <laughs> yeah, and I will continue to say it every episode. Shh, shh. All right, so as we pour here, I just want to let our listeners know that we're drinking out of a mug today. Uh, Ambers are definitely best enjoyed out of mugs or steins. And, you know, we just want to remind everyone to use the proper glassware. And you will definitely see uh, the mug that we are drinking out of um, on our Instagram page. For sure. And Um, untapped. But let's, let's... 
let's taste this. You know, well, I, I kind of want to cheers, but we should. So uh, that would be up. breaking our six feet. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. Instead, I'm just gonna air cheers. The, there it is. Air hey, cheers. Hey, yes, yes, one yes, for yes, all and yes. all for three. Yeah. Perfect. So okay. I definitely get that amber look. Yeah. Absolutely. As promised. And that whiskey kind of c- color that you that you mentioned for sure. Um, I almost feel like it almost looks like whiskey. I hope it's not with actual whiskey. I'd be screwed. I don't know if I could drink this much whiskey for sure. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking that we would have to change our name, and that'd be a whole lot of work. The, the one thing about yeah, that's true. Would. Uh, the one thing about the amber is six point eight ABV. That's a very high ABV. That's pretty for high. Amber. Yeah. Whiskey, man, it's adding to it. I'm just giving it a little smell here. Yeah, exactly. yeah same here. It's good. It's got a good should, smell. Should too. we should we twirl it like you do whiskey no, before you drink it? No, I don't. I'm not okay. gonna do that. <laughs> I know we like to talk about the head of the beers. This one has a nice kind of fluffy head. Um, Does it last long? It, mine's hanging, but... The smell is good. Going back it, to the smell, I do It's very smell. nice. I feel like a lot of ambers have a very specific kind of smell and odor to them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This one is not that I knew a, I knew a girl named Amber who had a distinct odor to her as well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's good. Uh, I, I don't know if she'd appreciate that. Amber, if you're out there, reach out to us. Hit us up in our DMs, and you can tell us about the smells of Brett. Yes. <laughs> Start our own little series. Yeah, we should. Review and pop Anyway, um... Hmm. Should we taste this one? Or? I mean, I've already tasted it, but I'm oh, just trying yeah. to make oh, it another taste. Oh, okay. guy getting into it. So Hey, I always get into it. All right, good. I always let's, get into it. Let's get into it. All right. A little malty. Mm-hmm. But it almost tastes more like a West Coast. Maybe that's me. I don't know. You're getting the, like getting, a, a pine yeah. almost? Yeah. Like it almost seems like there's a little, maybe, maybe that's the Haller or whatever the heck it was called. The, the Haller 2 Haller. <laughs> Haller 2 Hops, yeah. Coming through more so, but like, yeah. It's not as malty as I kind of thought that we would get from an amber, so yeah. that's okay, which is fine, but you're, you're getting a I lot have, of... I have no complaints about you're this. You're getting beer. a lot of malt on it? or I, I feel right up front it is, it is malty. Mm-hmm. Um, yet again, it's not like it's a bad thing per se. No, no, no. But I do, I do find it malty... Um, it's it's kind of smooth, right? Like it's yeah. got a nice. I think it pours it's got smooth a nice, for sure. It pours smooth. It's got a nice smooth finish, and I, I'm getting a lot of sweetness Are too. You? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of sure. on the finish. Um, yeah, I, I can't really pinpoint what is giving it that sweetness, but yeah. Um, so if you were actually to go into uh, the Waterloo Brewery, um, you're gonna see this is gonna be the orange can, okay. It says amber on it. Yeah, yeah. you're playing along. <laughs> it also does say amber. It's it's kind of funny for those who can't see. Obviously, because this is a podcast, every episode that we do, Brett loves just to grab the can and just hold it and review what's actually physically on the can, what it, it, it looks like. It makes me feel important. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I need to feel important. That's good. Yeah. Which was also pointed out from our producer Bruno was saying, "Hey, Brett, pick up the can, take a look, <laughs> look at the can, feed him the information." Thirty-five seconds later, still holding the can. Still holding yeah. the can. <laughs> I do find that there is a strong alcoholic taste to it. Yeah, definitely. It. it we, we mentioned the whiskey. That that kind of like the alcohol is hitting you. Pretty hard, pretty quickly. Six point eight. It actually kind of expect it, though. I guess right. You expect it coming in, but it does give off more than what you expect. It might even like it. It drinks a little bit more than six point eight. To be honest, yes. I feel as though the best place would would be to have this beer is like um, kind of cozy up, maybe watching a movie with a fireplace on. You know where I think the best place to have this beer is? 
Where's that? A heated patio, oh. perhaps at Waterloo Brewing. <laughs> Very nice. I'm thinking that that would be a great place to have the beer, especially and you, and you this want time. Them to pour the boar. Pour the boar. Pour the boar. This yeah. time of the year, right, right, middle of October. It's it's getting chilly here. We've talked about it before. It's mm. a good fall beer. It's an amber. It, it goes with the season. So I like to I like to see that, right? Yeah, it does I, definitely go with the season. For I sure. agree. I kind of wish I might have would have had this at Thanksgiving. Yeah, it would it would go definitely very nicely with a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, maybe I, even. I just wish we were able to have a normal Thanksgiving. Well, mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, like a little pumpkin pie. Yeah, I, I was like, dessert, firstly, like for firstly, di- it's a, it's almost a dessert beer. No, no, no. Okay. Pumpkin pie mm-hmm. is not tolerated by me. Pumpkin pie is disgusting, <laughs> and for everybody out there who likes pumpkin pie. We appreciate I it. I do not like you. Okay. Simple as that. Wow. Okay. Strong. I know. We've well, lost followers I, I, already. Damn well, it. And I love pumpkin pie, so I guess maybe we'll have new hosts next episode. So. <laughs> we'll look into it. We'll see what the share... I'm just going to tag Bruno in. Yeah, we'll see what, see what the shareholders uh, want to say about it. I, I don't mind pumpkin pie. Get some Cool Whip, throw it on there. But I think this is kind of nice and easy to mm-hmm. have with that. You'd kind of mellow out that uh, malty taste, the, yeah. a little bit of alcohol with the 6.8. I think if you're kind of settling in for the evening... I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good beer. Now, when it comes, and you talked about uh, the maltiness and everything like that, but their top uh, five flavor profiles on Untapped would be malty, sweet, smooth, strong, and then light. Mm, yes, yeah, strong but light. Uh, they yeah, that's a I'm confused by that. Yeah. Well, people have actually referred to me as both strong and light uh, due to my physical stature. Really? Yeah. Um, I feel as though some people have also referred to you as multi. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> also sweet and probably, smooth. Probably not. I was going to say probably it's not probably, sweet. Oh, it's probably because you're bitter. <laughs> that's what it is. So I would not be the Waterloo Amber. No, um, that's not your your beer. For sure. Not. No. No. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't know. That's you fine. strike me if you if you were a female, your name would be Amber for sure. <laughs> That's I I don't know how to kind of go about that. Uh, so let's <laughs> what we've been doing obviously with all our episodes sticking to the same structure. We're going to go to the Untapped community, see what their thoughts are on this mm-hmm. beer, uh, and and we'll go from there. So uh, Jennifer M, her username is Jennifer underscore Moonen, and again, any Untapped comment that we use on our podcast, we always give them a follow. Uh, so if you see a weird follow from somebody named Craft Beer Connoisseurs totally us um so on august 30th she said she did not uh, like it initially just tastes like strong liquor but it kind of grew on me a bit of caramel comes through but it tastes like sweet booze they gave it a 2.25 out of 5 side note on jennifer's profile she has created a list called craig buy me this Otherwise okay. known as Craigslist. Craigslist. Oh, there <laughs> you go. That. That's very anyway, nice. Um, so on Untapped, you can actually make a list of right. beers that you want to try. Yeah. So Craig, if you've seen Jennifer's list, start buying. Yeah. Get buy on it. stuff. <laughs> Jennifer needs it, and maybe we for need birthday, to see Jennifer's ratings. Anniversary. Maybe you want to get some on a Saturday night. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> All right, and then on August 17th, we've got Rob K. Rob the Hammer K is his untapped username. Now, do you think he lives in the hammer or has a big hammer? Don't know, don't care. Uh, puts their love life out there for the community. Um, he said, I knew a woman named Amber, and much like this beer, she was so or she was too sweet and wanted nothing to do with me. That's unfortunate, Rob. Yeah. Uh, Rob K is a supporter of Untapped, actually, and so his rating is a little bit different. It's not by the 0.25 increments. It is a 2.40 out of five. So that's the Untapped community. Chris, what do you got for us? Yeah. So I was just thinking. I w- I'm wondering if uh, if Rob 
Uh, that's the same amber that Brett, that Brett's talking about earlier. I, I hope not. Well, Rob, if you have the same amber I do, I, I don't, you dodged a bullet, my friend. You dodged a bullet. All right. Good grief. Well, I, I think with that, we should, we should kick off our ratings of, uh, of this Waterloo Amber. That's what I asked you for. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm getting to it. So I, I, I think I'm going to go with a 3.25. All right, getting a little uh, sip in there. Um, I'm going to hit it with a 2.75. Mm. Mm. Yep. I'm going to be higher than you guys. I'm going to be 3.75. Oh. Uh, Bruno just came in with his number of a 3. Um, so where does the math end up with that? I know it's not our strongest point, uh, but... Oh, yeah. So I, I think that leaves us uh, an average of 3.1875. So we're going to round that up to 3.25. And this is my line here, so I'm not going to screw it up. Beer number two is on deck. The second beer today is the Seasonal Salted Caramel Porter, and it has an ABV of 6% and 27 IBU. Thanks, Chris. So this one here is defined as a rich, creamy caramel and a savory sprinkling of sea salt with some roasted malts. And I'm going to talk about what food to pair with it again because I do quite enjoy food. Right. Uh, so seafood chowders. Chowder! Uh, meaty stew. Southern style smokehouse barbecue. I don't know if you've been to Kitchener. Go get some Lancaster with this beer. Okay, oh, all right. Maybe tasty. Or maybe just have some food at Waterloo Brewing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, but for dessert, try a coffee-flavored treat like tiramisu. Mm. I'm not a big fan of that, but okay. I'm sure some people are. Or keep it simple with a bowl of straight-up vanilla ice cream. So the Untapped community has checked this beer in about 3,000 times with an overall rating of 3.59 out of 5 bottle caps. All right, so I just want everybody, you kind of get in the hang of this, say it with me now. Let's open her up. All right. Again, perfect sound. All right, so just let all the listeners know that we're drinking this beer out of a nonic pint today. So uh, the porters are really best out of nonic pints, uh, even like a snifter or a tulip, some kind of stem beer glass. So just want to make sure everyone's using the proper glassware when they're drinking their beers. Oh. Uh, now, I, I think I'm the only one who's actually had this beer before. I had it uh, last year when I went to uh, the tap house. I had it off the tap first, mm-hmm. and I was kind of indecisive between what I was going to get. I was like, you know what? I will throw a wrench into things. I will try the salted caramel porter. Because um, you're I'm, not, you're definitely not a porter no, person. Uh, for I think sure. porter would probably be the last beer I would have. Mm-hmm. But you know, I saw I like salted caramel stuff. You know, uh, caramels or um, Werthers. They're not that's butterscotch though, but still same kind of stuff. Um, and I. Quite enjoyed it to the point where I went and bought a six pack of it afterwards. Really? Really? Wow. And I don't like porters. So obviously, uh, you may see a high rating from me here because I'm actually really excited to try this again. Uh, also, Sager, look at you. Big, yeah, big that, head, eh? That is a big head. That's it, a nice pour, though. That's a nice pour. It's a very it's, nice pour. It's about a finger, finger and a half. It smells delicious. It smells really good. Very dark, obviously, which you'd expect from a porter. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that I, I poured it this way, so that way I can get kind of like that frothy kind of taste too mm-hmm. when, when I go to yep. sip into it. Yeah, haven't done that yet. Going to in a bit. It is dark as the night. I, I same as last year. Good quality overall beer. You've already started drinking. <laughs> okay, jump um, in the gun. That's 
That's I don't know if you've noticed good. a theme throughout the whole time we've been doing this. Yes, you drink. You guys it. are talking about this and that, this and that. I'm yes. over here like, yep, just drinking over here. Just yeah. trying to get her in here. No, it's it's not like we have a structure to this podcast or anything. I mean, that'd be weird. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, why would uh, you have a structure? It makes no sure. sense. So it is it is a dark beer. It's nice. The glass looks beautiful with it. It, it looks very pretty, and you'll see that in our Instagram. And definitely getting the uh, the roasted malts um, with, with the smell. For sure. And I, nice. I, again, I'm not a coffee drinker, but this might be good. I'm excited to get into it. And uh, if you if you talk about some of the coffee flavor that we had, we had that uh, from last episode, episode two, with the um, coffee the coffee yeah. Yeah. Um, That was kind of like uh, riding a bike with training wheels for the coffee kind of flavor for me. Yeah, this is the co- the training this, wheels are off. Yeah, the, the, you're, you're full on bike, yeah. my friend. I'm thinking, and there's two ways this can go. I could be pedal down and then end up into the side of a wall. Or I could be biking half decently. So yeah. if you end in the side of a wall, I'm not picking you up. Thanks. You're gonna be like you're gonna be like Peter from Family Guy. You're bunking your knee like, ow, oh, <laughs> just milk it oh, for two minutes. <laughs> so did we talk about the top five flavor profiles from Untapped? Uh no, that was in the last beer. But we'll talk about it this one too. No, okay? it's it's in both actually. I, I know, I know that. We yeah. just haven't talked about it with this uh, one. Okay. Right. Okay. Um. So number one's toffee, sweet, rich, strong, smoky. Okay, so I'm mm. gonna I'm gonna start drinking it. Let's get into it. Yeah, let, let Chris, you and I can. <laughs> yeah, I'm already halfway through, so makes sense. Hmm. Wow, definitely. So, the caramel definitely shows up. Kind of smacks you. I, I don't. Does it smack you? Or as some would say, slaps. Well, sl- but yeah, I, no, it smacks. I'm getting it kind of like in the not the aftertaste, but kind of that second taste of it but it's it's very strong caramel i want you to not rate it right away i want you to be halfway through and keep sipping on it i think you're gonna like it the more you drink for sure so in episode one when we talked about left field brewery we were talking about beers and and kind of the structure of the podcast and the rating system that's one thing that we did note was i will never rate a beer just off a first sip i want to see how it kind of sits how that flavor there has been one beer i've done that it's a peach lemonade sour from Dead Frog up in BC. You knew it was a five because it's probably the best beer around. Yeah, so going back Just to the flavor profile on it, I, I kind of see it in a different way. Like yeah. the caramel is coming in, it's it's hitting me up front, and okay. then that kind of coffee flavor, that really strong like porter is coming through. And that's kind of like the small lingering taste at the end. Yeah. Which again isn't too bad. Maybe it, I, maybe I like coffee and I just don't know it. Maybe, but Give I don't want to get chance. into it. I don't. I don't want to. Wow. So it's, it's costly. We talked about this being described as sweet. Uh, I'm definitely getting sweet, rich. I think definitely rich. I'm not really getting anything smoky. Um, not really. It sure. smells more smoky than it tastes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and then again, toffee. I mean, I don't know. Is that a kind of the the like nod coffee? to the caramel? Yeah, um, yeah, maybe, so. but. Um, yeah, definitely a ton of caramel coming through, which is good because when you call it salted caramel porter, if you don't have caramel, yeah, like, you know, so. And the it, salted, I think, would kind of get mixed in. Like, mm-hmm. it could be a, you could throw that out there and it kind of gets mixed in. You well, wouldn't know if you're actually having the salt or not. And I think they said a, a, a pinch yes. of sea salt. So it's not going to be one of those major flavors you're getting. It's just going to give you that little extra something. So just, just in, just in from producer Bruno, we do have Fife over here holding the can. I, I, I'm holding the can. Okay. I've actually been holding it for a long time. <laughs> Unprompted this I'm, time. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always prompted by myself. Just right. To, but anyway, the um, can comes in a 
caramel kind of butterscotch color mm-hmm. it might say salted caramel on it just for you playing at home um but it's a nice candy design in terms of the bucket of uh caramel uh mixed with the hops and some balloons kind of coming in green signifying the hops uh again the kind of the caramel color kind of and, and there's kind of like but... some 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 uh i guess squares i guess you'd say of caramel parachuting down yes um yeah, it's a really it cool like, can. When it comes to the caramel, it kind of parachutes in more so halfway through. First I sip, agree, for sure. First sip, okay. you're like, ah, oh, you don't really get that much caramel. It's more like a porter. And then the more you drink it, the more caramel flavor you're actually getting out of it. So where would you guys have this, this, this kind of beer? I, I mean, obviously, when you're thinking uh, porters, stouts, you're thinking kind of winter. Um, I think just kind of you know, at home in the winter when you can't really get outside. Right. Um, I think this would be really nice. But we talked about the first beer almost being like a little bit of a dessert beer. I think we kind of have a little bit of a disagreement there. But I think this one 100% would be a dessert beer. My favorite place to have this would be doing my Christmas Eve night routine. of sitting on the couch watching uh, National Olympians Christmas Vacation. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that would be awesome. I also think too, because we're now done with Thanksgiving, we're going to be moving on to Halloween here. It might be a little bit different, but I think if you're sitting down and kind of with your little uh, routine for Christmas, is put on a scary movie or something and have yeah. this cozy, cozy up on the couch. Um, so let's go to what the community has to say on this. Uh, Chris, I think you've got the first untapped. Yeah, so Bill H, uh, handle is Holly68Oak, and again, we will follow, uh, or friend request everybody on on top that we mentioned here. So, Oh no, we're going to follow them. Right. So uh, <laughs> on August 12th, uh, they had this to say, they said, solid porter, nice hints of saltiness and caramel, 6% is nice too, not too heavy, it's smooth and not overbearing. Uh, and Bill H gave it a 4 out of 5. Great. So this one comes from... Karu M, uh, their username is Eclipse Zeta, uh, on July 16th commented, one of my first Canadian craft beer mm. uh, beers, legit salted caramel flavor, albeit pretty faint, predominantly a brown ale, dark ale flavor profile. They gave it another four out of five. Excellent. So yeah, um, congratulations on having your first Canadian craft beer. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I think I'm going to give it a 3.75. See... When I first had this beer, I was like, oh, it's going to be low, it's going to be low, it's going to be low. And then I rated it super high on my personal on tap. I'm going to stick with that. I think it's a 4.5. The caramel comes through very nicely for me. I'm not a huge porter fan, but this is easily drinkable for sure. Yeah. And I'm I'm with you, Brett. I'm giving it a four and a half. This is actually a really, really good beer. Um, Bruno is giving it a 3.5, which is actually very surprising for Bruno because Bruno is definitely not a coffee fan, um, but it does enjoy the caramel flavor that comes through. So, um, yeah, Tyler, why why don't we look at what that gives us uh, overall? Yeah, so between the four of us, that's a 4.0625. So what do you guys want to do with that? Do you want to take it up? Or you want to take it down? Because I, uh, I feel like I it's probably it goes down. I feel Granted, like, we do have two point fives or four point fives, two four point fives. Uh, yes, but I think we're gonna rock, rock this at a four point oh. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. all right. We're, 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 we're just a smidge over. So four point oh. Let's do that. All right. So that concludes our conversation of uh, Waterloo Brewing. Yeah. Please stay tuned, and we're gonna have a talk about green energy. So we're back and we're going to talk about something that's been inspired by the changes Waterloo Brewing has made. So 
This conversation is going to be about green energy, so solar, wind, and water. So, I kind of propose a question to the group here. Would you get any kind of green energy, whether it's solar, wind, or water, at your own residential? Let's say there was no expense. It's just go full out. Would you retrofit your house? Would you buy a new house and get that located? Well, I think if there was no expense, then I think you have to consider it, absolutely. Because there's... I, I, I think the economic impact of the i guess the economic upfront cost right. of these of these uh different green energy concepts are kind of a hindrance to people from getting them right so if you say there's no economic impact to you then absolutely i would do it the one thing about green energy is definitely creating jobs and being from the profession in which i do because i'm not a full-time podcaster mm-hmm. um none of us are yeah no it's, it's not, yet, not yet but not yet. Yet. yet support of the community we are getting yeah. there though Yes, Another we are. few episodes, we and you never know. Uh, but I'm big about creating jobs, so if it was to a point where it wasn't an expense, but created more jobs, right. I'd be all for it, 100%. Right, and I think that's the thing. Up front, the cost is more, yeah. but you do see a return. They say roughly 7 to 10 years, you can see a return, and then the lifespan, let's say it's solar power. Right. You could actually get 10 years of that that's basically kind of on the house, or for an energy consumption kind of standpoint, you're selling back to the, to the grid, right? Now, so, the only thing about green energy is I'm, I don't know a whole lot about how it works. I know right. we need the sun. We do. Obviously. The sun is but important. Say, it helps, yeah. <laughs> I've heard say, that in science class in grade three. <laughs> right. yep. But say, for example, if we have a crappy summer where there's, you know, no sun. Less sun. Less sun. Yep. How would that affect... If my entire house is running off solar energy. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that. I'm, I mean, there's some large companies out there. I'm not going to name any of them because they're not sponsoring this. But if they wanted to be on the podcast, shut us out and we'll get back to you. But there is a way. So what would happen is you'd have a battery hook up to your house. So any kind of solar energy that you would gain, you would use. And then it would put it right into this battery. So then you draw from the battery. So there are kind of different maps that show what kind of sunlight you get yeah. thro- throughout the seasons. Obviously, being from southwestern Ontario, it's not that much as in Texas and California where you could just put solar panels everywhere. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't because that's not how their political framework also, is. Also, for like if you're looking at solar panels specifically on your home, depending on how your home is situated, right. um, if you don't have a really great south-facing um, roof, like it's hard to put solar panels and get you know, a major benefit from them. For sure. And that's, go ahead. Yeah. So that's what I was just going to say is there's other types of energy too. Like we look at like wind turbines in like the, the vast kind of area outside of like rural settings, like right. And, or, Urban settings, in, in rural settings. In rural yeah. settings, settings. So I think with that being said, you have them popping up, which then can generate energy and put that back to the grid and then kind of power the homes of those who actually can't have solar panels or mm. don't have solar panels, right? And it's definitely like um, when I go up to uh, our cottage, it's it's interesting because all you see virtually in uh, northern Huron County and South Bruce County is wind turbines. Yeah. It's literally virtually all you see on your way up because that's how it's being created there, right? Right. Yeah, no, and, and there's different ways of going about it. So I was recently in the Philippines not too, too long ago, and they had hydro dams. Before dam- the world changed. Before the world yeah. changed. And so they had hydro dams there, and mm-hmm. it was actually kind of interesting because we did this whole through a mountain, and there's the water that was flowing. It was, it was really nice. But this one hydro dam, it was not large, but it only supplied the electricity to one street in this town. 
Right. So it was like it was interesting because that's all they had. That's all they needed. That's in it. All their electricity came from just that water. Well, so that was pretty hopping street, right? It was bumping. Yeah. yeah. It was bumping. There wasn't a whole lot there. It was a small little outlet. Is by Calisan Falls. Was there a brewery there? There was not oh. not there, but there when we did go to Asia, there was a brewery in um, El Nido. So. It was it was a nice place. It was a Ukrainian kind of brewing. We'll talk yeah. about it later I'll on. I'll be sure to check episode. that one out. Yeah, we'll yeah hit that. We'll up. We'll talk about that a different. Let me fly over right now. Hit that up. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think those hydro dams is kind of nice, right? And yeah. So like, I guess I guess what's the kind of uh, and again, I'm kind of like you, Brett, where I, I'm not super knowledgeable about this sort of thing, right? So um, might look to you, Tyler. Like we have Niagara Falls, right, right. here in in Ontario. Like, can we kind of use the the water flowing over the falls or the water there to kind of create that electricity absolutely and i could be incorrect but i'm pretty sure i got this is that they actually do use the water that, that comes over the falls okay. and so you can set up hydro dams through it and there's pros and cons like anything uh with it but that rushing water that's coming over can produce a lot of energy right yeah. so it's essentially like these little turbines that are in the water with the, the water moving through it generates those turbines moving which creates electricity that electricity goes to the grid and then you have this kind of green energy so it is nice i, I think it's it's good it's we need to kind of move away from those fossil fuels the coal and and be environmentally friendly and we got to look at it a different way now let's say if we use that water as energy for a house what would be the price point versus a regular hydro or a regular heat or electric heat or anything like that Right. You know, that, that's a good question. I think the hydro is going to be a little bit different, like from, from an actual like water source. But if you're looking at solar panels, the, it's the upfront cost of getting that put on. Right. Once, the, uh, once you get those put on, seven years, you pay it back, and then you can actually make money. So anything that you do above and beyond of your consumption, it gets sold back to so the actual So what you're saying is company. if you go green, you can make some green. Yes, oh, it's a green on green, which means then you could probably go ahead and you know afford an electric car. Yeah, can I, you can you afford an electric car? I could, yes. A fully electric car? I've got a plug-in hybrid right now. So for those of you who do not know, my car does plug in. I just don't have the availability plug availability in, to kind of, plug in. You're like a Glade. Uh, <laughs> we got to be careful with those. You know, we're not here sponsored by Glade. Let's make that uh, point clear. So, so what's the? Uh, let's say you have a full charge on your right. vehicle. Right. What What's the? What What sort of distance can you get out of that? So, for reference, I've got a 2017 Hyundai Sonata plug-in. I get about 45 kilometers. So, for instance, last night I went from Brantford to Kitchener, and I didn't have to pay for gas because right. I had a full charge. So here's my thing: like I'm totally down for an electric vehicle, but range anxiety. Yeah, like yeah. I, I I need to know that I can you know take a a, a three hour trip right on my electric charge. And I get that. I think everybody's kind of in that same boat right now. Is this range anxiety? How big are the batteries? How far can we get on the batteries? And what's the charge time? Right, so we look at Tesla, then they've got the supercharging network throughout. You're still sitting there probably for about 30 minutes to kind of get 80% of your charge back. But they just recently came out with some news on battery day, they call it. And mm. uh, they're being more efficient with their batteries, uh, which means you can go further distances and charge just as fast. And, and the problem, I think, here in Ontario specifically is that we don't necessarily have the infrastructure to be able to... You know, you're driving on the highway, you need gas, you stop at the gas station. We don't necessarily have that infrastructure where you can stop and charge your vehicle. Right. 
So I, I, I think that's until we have that infrastructure and we have that um, that that range for the vehicles, I, I'm not sure it's really a viable option. Um, I would be open to purchasing an electric car. I think the one cool thing I find about it, because I'm a dog lover, is let's say if you need to run into the grocery store, you can literally set your temperature to whatever degrees, and it lets your dog know that your owner's going to be back soon. Right. Uh, the, 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 the Tesla feature. I the think Tesla that's, feature, That's right? letting yes. other people know not to shatter your window uh, <laughs> because they look and they see a dog. And can I have like, that screen on my like outside of my car? Just like, do not shatter my window. No, no, because the screen inside of a Tesla is like 12 to 14 inches, right? So they it's like look in and they can see It's like a freaking huge iPad. It is, yeah. and that's the intent of it. And there's, there's different companies that actually like sell just beyond just tesla right so mm-hmm. there's a new company startup uh, in in michigan called rivian they've got some luxury kind of uh trucks there's a new lucid car which is you know in the hometown of, of Stratford. for those who are familiar with Stratford, ontario i could be oh are you familiar with it i think so because i potentially maybe live there okay dun, dun, dun. Oh. there you go so yeah it's my hometown too so it's nice to see there are different companies that are coming out with electric cars yet again higher price point but Less but maintenance can you as make well. Money so it, on it, it at the end, it's it's hit and miss. <laughs> Good resale value, but it, it's it's hit and miss, right? Because well, you, but well, like you said, less maintenance, right? So you're no you're, oil save, changes. you're saving money. No oil um, changes. So yeah, I, and I think you know, unfortunately, certain incentives uh, for for people to purchase sort of electric technology have been removed. So um, you know that again, kind of kind of disincentivizes obviously uh people myself included uh from getting that sort of technology it, it all comes down to the end of the day the price of oil right so say for example two years from now if gas price is a dollar 80 a liter um that may sway me more to go and buy an electric car versus if it's going to be go down to you know 70 cents a liter yeah i'm just gonna see and, and, that, you know and that's I mean? well that's one viewpoint my my side is a little bit different right i look at and say hey we gotta save the environment so yeah. just because it's cheap doesn't mean we, that's the way to go, right? So we'll take a look at it and see. And see. It's interesting to see how we'll kind of move through the next Just couple of years. Just don't buy a gas guzzler at the end of the day. At right. least be economically friendly in whatever way. Try to be. And even, you know, even kind of the traditional gas guzzlers, these trucks, these really big SUVs are way better on gas than they were, say, even five years ago, right? So it's not necessarily as big of an impact uh, to the environment as it was, but certainly... Again, I, I would be all for an electric vehicle if those sort of things were uh, available to us. I think uh, I think we're pretty much good. Like I don't have really pretty much anything else to add. Do you guys have any other no. talking points you want to talk about? I think we're good. I, I think, think we we're good. Yeah. Let's wrap up the episode. I and, think uh, we should do that. Say our goodbyes. That's all the time we have today, so make sure you pour the bore. And keep on listening every other Thursday as Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode. Make sure to tell your friends, family, and the person who checks you out at the LCBO. So from all of us and producer Bruno, I'm Tyler. I'm Brett. And I'm Chris. And together, we're the Craft Beer Connoisseurs.